0: Hey there, Danny with Right Foot Down. I messed up this ad read so many times because I really want to tell you about Track Monkey Apparel. They make great quality enthusiast shirts, along with hats, stickers, watches, patches, you name it. A couple of my personal favorites are their "Life is Better at the Track" tee and their "One Track Mind" tee. You should really check them out and see for yourself. Their products are great for you or the gearhead in your life. Visit trackmonkeyapparel.com. Oh,
1: You're listening to The Untitled Car Show in partnership with RightFootDown.com Visit RightFootDown for your daily automotive fix. If you enjoyed today's program, please tell a friend. It's the best way to support this show. If you want to visit the archives, go to YouTube and search for Untitled Car Show. That'll bring you to the archived episodes. If you want to follow this show, just search for Untitled Car Show on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can always send an email to the show at Untitled Car Show at rightfootdown.com. We're so glad you decided to spend the next hour or so with us. Without further ado, let's get into today's program. Hello, and welcome to the show. Today I am joined by Saab Kyle. Uh, or Kyle of Kyle 4 He's a big YouTuber. He does car reviews. He's got a couple car projects himself, and uh, he has over a million subscribers. Thank you so much for joining me this evening, Kyle.
0: I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> no problem. So um, it, it it's a little interesting, the story about what you do. Kind of, I'm fairly new to your uh, YouTube channel. I actually discovered you... Um, I was talking with other journalists at the New York Auto Show this year and your name kept coming up in a lot of conversations and I was a little fascinated by it, so I had to go check out and see what your like YouTube series was all about and the stuff you did because a lot of people were pointing to you as kind of the way to do detail-oriented, uh, like really well-done reviews of an automobile. Like if you want to know what every button in a car does. You're the guy to go watch the videos so. up.
0: Oh, yes, sir. I It's 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 been a wild ride so far, that's for sure.
1: So, I'm curious like, you know, you go I went to the show talked to all these people. Everyone had such nice things to say about you. Oh, how did, fantastic. How did you kind of decide that this was going to be the way you were going to do your reviews?
0: Well, when I first started this, believe it or not, this just this just started as a hobby back in school, and you know it was something fun. It was when YouTube was starting to to kick off around 2007, 2008, and um, I just wanted to make a video that just showed people all the details of their favorite cars, and it didn't matter. Uh, there was no um, bias or anything like that. Just literally anything and everything, and. Um, the whole review aspect of the videos just kind of happened as the channel grew and, and the opportunities got better, the, the type of cars that I was featuring on the channel, and I wanted to do equal justice to every single vehicle I was doing, no matter if it was a Lamborghini or a classic Chevrolet. Um, so basically just instead of tailoring it just to consumers, I come at it from an enthusiast perspective, so it's just taking a general appreciation for all of these different types of cars and talking about why each and every vehicle is special in their own way
1: and it's like the videos i've seen and kind of gotten to digest in the time have been you do get this experience of what it's like to get in the car or the, the comfort of the car and it's very um I don't want to say dry because that's unfair, but it's very like much the experience of if someone was uh, just bought a Ferrari, for example, I think it was one of your later latest videos, and right. they wanted you to show it off to you, th- it's kind of what it would feel like if they were doing that and you were able to actually sit down in the vehicle and notice detail and stuff because in the La Ferrari episode – Uh, In particular, you know, when you get into the vehicle, you can really get an appreciation for how much of a step that is and kind of the cool vents that are in the front wheel arches that no other video really shows because it kind of gets lost when everyone's like, but look how fast it is and look at all the technology. And
0: you're you're totally right. I mean, it, it is very cut and dry, and that's how I wanted it to begin with because you know everybody has their own strengths and everybody has their own style and and they're following who expects a certain type of video from them and you know when I when I started I didn't want to make a video that had you know a lot of background music and, and fancy camera angles and stuff and, and you know and all that I wanted whenever somebody's watching my videos I want them to be immersed in the whole experience as if they were there walking around the car and person and especially like like you said with the la ferrari and some of the more rare cars i feel like my videos give people that in-depth look that they would never be able to get in person or it would be very you know a very uncommon opportunity to be able to you know get in a car like that or or actually sit in the driver's perspective and hear a la ferrari rev and 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 do all that so for stuff like that it's, it's more of an experience but You know, when you're looking at a new Honda or a a new Dodge or something, it's giving the consumer that look that, you know, when they go to a dealership, they don't have to feel pressured by salespeople or anything like that, because they've already gotten the general idea of the car. They can either get excited about it with general interest, and then they can go to the dealership and find out right then and there if this is the car for them by actually going for the test drive.
1: Mm -hmm. It's interesting you say that, because now I'm thinking about it, it's... Whenever I bought cars in the past, you know, and you're sitting there, um, you know, killing time at the day job where you shouldn't be, and you're just trying to watch video after video about what the vehicle's about, you know, you want that kind of immersive experience. And it seems like the perfect way to kind of get that while not having to actually go sit down in a vehicle.
0: exactly and and one one of the challenges for me has always been because I I never had a, a journalism background this is everything that I've done I've just been kind of learning as I go and every day is a learning experience I mean I went to pharmacy school um, so you, you know it's it's total opposite from what I've what I've been doing nowadays obviously but um, you know my older videos are very fact heavy and fact driven and that's still true today, but I've w I have i have been working hard to improve the writing and, and how the videos flow flow, not just from a writing perspective, but from the video as well. So when you are, you know, getting immersed in that video, it doesn't get too overwhelming or overbearing and, and tailoring the videos depending on which, you know, market you think the, the car or, or, or vehicle is going to appeal to. You know, some people might want to learn a lot more about the tech stuff like a gtr nismo but when you're looking at chrysler pacifica nobody's going to necessarily care what the exhaust sounds like or zero to 60 times or anything like that so you kind of have to think about who's going to be watching the video but yeah that's exactly right Mm
1: -hmm. it's i i'm curious so you've gotten the you know whole range of vehicles um what has ever been like the biggest like the bends like what is the one you've ever gotten out of the most expensive and into the least expensive has there been like that shocking experience of going from let's say you know a lamborghini to a kia would be like a good example of what i'm talking about
0: yeah i think so um so last uh, i believe it was june um june of 2016 i got the i got an opportunity to do a shoot on the bugatti chiron um, you know, like a couple of months or so after it uh, was unveiled. And that that was an unbelievable opportunity that I will, I will never forget. So it's just one of those things where the stars aligned absolutely perfect. Um, but so I, I had that video and I believe around the same time, I also had a video on an 87 Mazda RX-7. <laughs> so it was like a total polar opposite. And I, I could be wrong, but that's that's always what I've tried to do with the channels. I'll, I'll put up something. If I get an opportunity to put up something just mind-blowingly epic, I'll try to find something that's equally cool but a total different spectrum. So it just kind of throws people for a loop. It's like, dang, he did he did that, and then he all of a sudden went to that. Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it, it's that sort of, like, mindset that I think really, like, Proves you're like bona fides as like a automotive enthusiast because, you know, as great as that Bugatti experience was, I'm sure you came away with maybe not as big a smile in it. But when you're driving around the uh, RX, because I I don't know, there's something, you know, kind of to go off on a tangent here, but like there's something absolutely delightful about older, like well-loved vehicles that don't get in new cars
0: ever <laughs> <laughs> I get especially excited to be able to film something that's a little older that might be I mean especially the older the car and, and and depending on the condition if it's in just flawless shape it's like you're filming a piece of history and you're actually doing a video on a car that you know appears to be brand new so when it comes to stuff like that uh, I'm trying to think of a good example like uh, a 1990 Nissan GTR um, that I got to do. I think it was. I think it was last year. Might have been early part last year. Um, but something like that, you know, you film it and treat it as if it's a brand new car. Provide the same type of information, the the, the excitement about it, and everything like that. I just I love doing that. I feel like it's almost like preserving a little piece of history in my eyes uh, from a video perspective. <laughs>
1: Well, let, let's kind of, since we're talking about history, let's kind of go back to the beginning. Like, how did you uh, find yourself uh, getting into car enthusiasm? Is this something you were born with? Is this something you grew into?
0: Yeah, so um, I'm actually I, I'm actually originally from Florida. I was, I was born in Boynton Beach, and uh, at that time, my dad actually played baseball. Um, he had a nine-year career and played with the White Sox. For a brief period of time and in the early 90s uh, he ended up hurting his knee in spring training um, ended up and after that ended up opening up a dealership with one of his really good friends down in Florida and ever since then up until we moved to North Carolina in 97 I always worked around cars so back in the day it was walking around these walking around the lot cleaning headlights and taillights with, with the in, with the paper towel and window cleaner to when I was actually in high school and college, I was um, a detailer and lot porter for the dealership that he had um, when we moved here and continues to have today. And when I got old enough, I started going to the dealer auctions with them and, and being able to see all these different types of cars, obviously driving them, not from the, I mean, from detailing and, and the lot porter aspect. But when I got into college, Um, I went to Campbell university. That was like 2007. I, um, you know, like I said, it was right around when YouTube started to get more popular and I, I needed a hobby bad (laughs) where I, where I went to college, there was nothing to do. Absolutely nothing. So I was like, Hey, all these people are making videos of cars. I mean, I got access to do, um, that as well. So I had this little old three megapixel point and shoot camera that I was making just these Most random videos. Just if you look at my early, early stuff, they make no sense because it's totally unlike anything I do now. (laughs) But it's 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 kind of funny how that works out. But yeah, I've I've always grown up around cars. My dad's a huge car enthusiast. My grandfather's a huge car enthusiast. So I I got a lot of my appreciation and love for classic cars um, through him. And yeah, it's just just always been around me.
1: Yeah. that's kinda of funny. I actually am a I'm not a huge baseball fan, but my team is the White Sox, so that's a little a little bit of That's,
0: that's a little awesome. weird. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, catcher.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah, so you you said you went to college, so you had the first car is why you had the channel name, right?
0: Correct. It was a nineteen ninety seven Saab nine hundred S E convertible that I got in two thousand four.
1: Mm-hmm. And I assume that 's what set you off on the pharmacist route because I think when you get a sob, you have to pick pharmacist or architect now, that's just
0: <laughs> i didn 't think about that, but it totally makes sense <laughs> It was meant to be <laughs> yep it,
1: it, And then when I assume based on the stories uh that you recently had a video where you bought another sob in the like of that original car, so I
0: did um. Yeah, that, that, I bought it, uh, it's actually 1995, but it's also an SE convertible. The only thing different with it is the one I bought last year has the V6, but my first car was the Turbo. Mm -hmm. Um, So I bought the car that I have now as, like you said, a a sentimental reason, because I knew the channel would hit a million subscribers, and I didn't want, I wanted to do something special. I didn't want to just try to find some supercar or something like that to put up, because you know, nowadays, you know, supercars on YouTube are just a dime a dozen. It's not that special anymore. So I thought, man, how cool would it be if I could either track down or be able to buy a car that was extremely similar to the one that I had and do a bunch of videos around it. And, and when I turn a million, upload the review of that car like, and treat it as if it was brand new. And that's what I did. and It was, it was very rewarding. I, I still have the car. Um, I very much enjoy it.
1: It, it's it's a great car. I mean, Saabs just in general, just great cars. They they have a character I don't think you get with any other brand, um, especially in America. Like we don't get the weird French stuff over here, so right. Saabs about as close as you get to it. But the original ninety seven, well, what ended up happening to it?
0: So I. I got that car when I got my learner's permit, um, in high school. So that was the car I would, you know, go out with my grandfather, go out with my parents and drive around and, you know, just drive to dinner or something like that. That was just my car to kind of learn on the road. And I mean, I, I can't remember how many miles that I had on it, but it started to have issues with the, the tonneau motors, uh, you know, the convertible top motors, of big problem in those cars and you know other little things here and there it was in the shop a lot you know surprise surprise another stop (laughs) story but i just got so tired of you know at that time you know wanting to get out on the road and drive and drive as much as i can and always having to worry about something breaking or having to go to the shop for a week or something so i ended up selling it not too long before i actually got my license um, and I ended up getting a like a two thousand Chrysler three hundred M that I absolutely adored. Um, but yeah, so I, I didn't have the Saab for a long time, and it wasn't until a lot later that I started to gain a lot more appreciation for that car. And I mean, I, I was never like a Saab fanatic. Like I wasn't a Saab expert. A, a lot of people think uh, think that just from the channel name but um, i started doing more research into the brand and understanding why it was so special and the innovations that they came out with and you know their rocky history sometimes but um it was just always something in the back of my mind like man if i knowing what i knew now if i could go back and drive that car would i perceive it differently and and fortunately I, i was in the position that i was able and and still able to do that. And I don't regret it one bit.
1: No, I mean, uh, I don't think it matters how bad, not that the Saab is a bad car, but no matter how bad the original car is, you learn to drive on, there's something very sentimental about wanting to get that back. Exactly. My mine was a 93 tracer and I would love to get a tracer back. Um, I think they're all pieces of like, uh, refrigerators now based maybe out, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's it's an interesting thing. so you said you had a 300 that you absolutely adored and i find that shocking because i, I know
0: so many people do <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah it was it was so weird so yeah it was a 2300m um it was just you know, regular 300m it wasn't a 300m special which i really wanted one of those <laughs> for a while but that was the car i drove in high school and uh it was just you know i'm a big sedan guy i like i like big things you know comfort and it was really nice for the time i i, I never had any issues with it the only problem i had with it is it, it broke an axle <laughs> one time <laughs> it kind of left me on the side of the road but other than that, the, the air conditioner would sometimes uh, cause little ice shavings to form around the vents, and it would blow snow sometimes. But other than that, it was fine. <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't have any transmission issues, as, as so many people point out. But, uh, yeah, that, that I, I, I sold that uh, right before I graduated high school um, uh, and uh, moved on to college.
1: I was to say... Axle breaking in a car is pretty high up there in the shit going bad thing, but I guess
0: yeah, pretty bad. Thankfully, they, well, it's it's funny. So I was I was this is going like like way back, but I was a junior marshal. Um, so I went and helped out with the the seniors' graduation. Uh, so I guess this was two thousand five. Yeah, yeah, no two thousand six. Whatever. So. <laughs> I left graduation after everything was done, and this was like two miles away from the high school, so everybody was leaving. And I pulled over on the side of the road because there was this like early '60s Cadillac Sedan DeVille for sale. Um, Like, like need, they need a total restoration, but I was like, dang, I gotta go look at that just to see it. So I looked at it, and then I went and left. And as soon as I pulled out into the driveway, into all the traffic. Boom! The axle snapped, and just I just coasted right to the other side of the road. <laughs> and all my friends and stuff are driving by, and I'm just waving, "Hi, everybody!"
1: <laughs> Not, nothing to see here. i just nope,
0: yeah. nope. Oh man, this it, it was fun. It was just it's funny. I, I great memories, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> uh, it's a Chrysler. Product. You're gonna get left on the side of the road eventually. It's yeah. just a matter of when. Um so went off to college and you had a car in college what was that
0: so in college i had a okay so let me so the car that i got when after the 300 was an O two 2 lexus es300 and um really really liked that car um i had it for about three months actually during the second semester of high school and i was on my way from school one day i was about a couple miles away from home and this person pulled out in front of in front of me, ran a ran a stop sign. I, I ended up T boned her, T boning her, and uh, it totaled both cars. It was pretty, pretty, pretty gnarly accident, but it was you know everybody was fine and stuff. And so, unfortunately, I didn't have that car very long. And uh, after that, uh, I got a 07 Lexus ES 350. Those. Pretty pretty big step up, um, and uh, I had that for probably three to four years. I was I was through undergrad and in, into graduate school.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sensing a pharmacist trend here. So we got the Saab and then a couple Lexuses. So yep. we we've picked a <laughs> oh, path. Oh, in
0: it's going to get a lot more rich in a few minutes. In another minute. <laughs> so. I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the little rundown of of the of the car list and pharmacy school. So around you met. Do you remember the time where they were having all those recalls with the ES three hundred and fifty and stuff for the gas pedal and everything? Yeah. So I took it to the dealer to get all that stuff fixed, and they their their solution for fixing that car was to program it to where when you put your foot on the brake and the gas at the same time, it would cut fuel to the engine and slow it down. The which was all right. The other fix was to swap out the rubber formats that I had for shallower depth formats. And I was like, okay. But the third fix, the, the, the piece of, you know, the, 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 you know, I don't know what you're going to call it. But they uh, lobbed off the bottom of the gas pedal, like like just chopped it off. <laughs> it was, I was just like, you know what? At this point, I was like, I'm just going to sell this thing. <laughs> and it was, it was at the time, I was like, you know what? I don't need a car this, you know. Expensive and, and and all of that and um, it was just like you know it's just that time to move on it's just I, I had it long enough and I wanted to and my parents were still helping me out at that time so I wanted to buy a car myself and it was after you know YouTube had taken off a little bit I was making enough money to pay for my apartment and basically just serve as my job and in pharmacy school so I wouldn't have to go work somewhere else, just do something fun and and, uh, be able to make a little bit of money off of it. I ended up buying a 2010 Hyundai Genesis Coupe. Not not too much longer after they came out. And that was a lot of fun. But after about a year, I realized that, you know what? I'm just not a sports car person because, again, I like the big, comfortable cars. And I was tired of paying on it. I was like, I don't need to spend all this money right now. So I ended up selling that. And I bought a 1995 Buick Roadmaster Limited. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I assumed the sedan and not the wagon.
0: I It was the sedan, but to be honest, I almost bought a wagon one time. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I didn't. I came real close, but I didn't.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. You're speaking my language when it comes to wagons. I love me some wagons. So, yeah, but, me too. Me oh. too. It, it's a... Uh, Buick Roadmaster sedan. So, um, I'm seeing a... There's a DNA of f- Florida pharmacists, because we like big sedans. Yep. And we, yeah, and we like the pharmacist vehicles. So, that's a little yep. hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so get and the, while
0: I had the Roadmaster, I bought a 95 Riviera. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> speaking to my point, I suppose. It, it's, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, I... <laughs> So you you these are the cars like soon after you started like really with success on YouTube you decided you yeah. need to go out and get I I I can appreciate that those are both really cool cars in their own it's right the, yeah stuff
0: in high school that I always just had kind of a fascination about like the Riviera while it wasn't a perfect car and in, in some respects it was a very interesting design the interior was very different from any other american car at that time and it was just it was special to me Mm -hmm. and while while i had those cars i picked up my my first classic car and it was a a 65 ford fairlane uh two-door sedan with a 289 and three on the tree and that that was that was when i really started like started started to work on cars a little bit and figure out how things work and take things apart put them back together all that good stuff
1: Mm-hmm. the three on the tree is probably the best anti-theft measure one can get these days
0: it's so much fun
1: too gosh <laughs> <laughs> I, I I've actually never had the opportunity to, to drive a three on the tree it, it it seems like it'd be absolutely awesome to do and it I don't know who was the first person to get into the vehicle who had no idea what you were doing
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah, it had to have been one of my friends from pharmacy school or probably probably my, my then-girlfriend, now-wife, uh, Crystal. But I can't remember anybody really driving that car except for me. Uh,
1: I mean, I, I, I picture, because I've had some people who don't understand what the manual shifter is, and I'm like, okay, you're just too young for me. But, like, <laughs> I, I can't imagine, like, you know, because we're of a similar age you're about what 27 28 a few years younger than me yeah
0: yeah i'll be 28 in august
1: yeah so uh, people of our age i don't think have ever really seen a 3 on the tree so i can't imagine like people from pharmacy school getting in and being like wait why are you messing with that shift thing up there like what's going on like it,
0: exactly it's it's like you're muscling the car around <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, i mean I'm just fascinated it's with it. I, I want one. I want one. That's all it comes down to. You,
0: you've got. You've got to do it. you yeah. got to do it.
1: So uh, let's kind of rewind here a little bit. So you started the YouTube channel while you were doing the pharma school. It was uh, basically very avant-garde in the beginning, like very much different than it is now. So when did? Yeah,
0: the... I started the channel in '08, and that it was like it was my last year of undergrad before I transferred to, to Wingate pharmacy school in Oh nine. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was making videos at school, going to dealerships and doing little walkarounds and stuff. There was no rhyme or reason. It was just, just something fun to do. (laughs) And when I heard that you can actually make revenue on YouTube, obviously like so many people do nowadays, I mean, that's just an awesome opportunity to think that you can, make videos and earn a revenue off of it. So that was something that I wanted to really kind of focus on. And it took a long time and several, several attempts applying to the YouTube partner program. But um, once I got accepted into that, which was uh, January 2010 is when I really started to treat it more consistently and like a business. Yeah.
1: So how did it evolve once you've like got into the partner program like is this something where um, cuz back then it, it's not like now like now you can basically sign up get in and like monetize okay. immediately like
0: yeah so the partner program back then was the only way that you can monetize your videos and i don't remember the the the, the criteria but you either had to be invited by youtube or apply if you met certain thresholds of viewership and subscribers and stuff like that. So, I think I applied maybe 2 to 3 times and you can only apply you could only apply like uh, once every 2 months, but that gave you the opportunity to monetize your videos, that I um customize thumbnails, upload unlimited length videos, do custom channel banners, extra branding I mean there was a lot a lot of stuff that you got with that program back in the day and like you said it's changed a lot now it's it's a lot easier for people to jump on board if they can if they can j- develop a following you know, pretty pretty quickly um, but there I believe there it's still a partner program I just don't know what it entails nowadays
1: Well like what happened like I mean when you heard you could monetize is that when you said you decided okay i'm going to start doing this style of video or did it become
0: not oh yeah kind of i mean i was doing it a little bit already but um at that point i i wanted to i mean it, it was it was how many cars could i film and upload in a day <laughs> it was like it was like that it was like okay, I filmed 11 cars today, that means I could put up like five today and five tomorrow, just absolutely blast that stuff on YouTube, which is not the way to do it. <laughs> but back then, it kind of worked. Um, yeah, that's 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 kind of how that happened.
1: <laughs> it, it's interesting, like, seeing how it's evolved over the years and, like, the way people – you know, are trying to game the system. They they think they understand because no one really understands at the end of the day how the hell YouTube works. I don't and even. it know they changes do.
0: all the time. It's almost and that's the that's the unfortunate thing is like sometimes it changes and you have no idea and then you got to kind of play catch up. Um, but it's like it's like you said, a lot of people think they know, but they don't always know. You can just kind of there's best practices and that's about it. You just kind of hope and pray for the best.
1: Yeah. So, like, the schedule of releases you have now when it comes to the videos you put out, like, what can people expect if they go to the channel, uh, let's say this comes out Wednesday, so uh, if they decide Sunday they're going to start watching, what can they expect through from Sunday to Saturday?
0: So, I usually try, if, if I'm not out at a press event or something like that, I try to put up a couple videos a week. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on how easy those videos are put together I could put 3 but that's really rare this this year has been unusually busy for us which is definitely a good thing april was a madhouse we were gone i mean we we weren't home but maybe you know maybe a few days or something like that it was it was crazy but that's that's usually what i try to do put up a video maybe on friday or saturday and maybe one on tuesday
1: mm. So, the uh, you have the review segments, and then you also have the project you're working on. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So the project is is uh, something new that I'm trying with the channel. So I've you know that Fairlane that I had told you I had before. I never really made any videos on that except well, I made a few, but just a little little things here and there. But it wasn't like a project series. The sub. I did some stuff with that, but they were more blogs. It wasn't really like a real project. But towards the end of last year, I wanted to do something fun. You know, YouTube was changing a whole lot and the way the algorithm works. And, um, you know, I love the reviews, and the reviews will always be the cornerstone of the channel. But I wanted to do something different and expose my channel, hopefully, to new viewers who – May not have found it through the reviews, but they see a cool project car. They see some of the stuff that I I review on uh, that I usually review, and they're like, "Oh, this is cool. It's it's more of a a well-rounded channel, I guess, that offers you know a variety of different types of content instead of focusing and and and, and, you know keeping with one little niche. So I have always been an American Muscle guy. I love V8s, you know. The whole no replacement for displacement, loud, annoying exhaust, just the louder the better. Um, it's what I grew up around. It's the, my grandfather loves it, and you know, that, it's just that's what I've always been into. And I, I've always had an appreciation for you know Japanese sports cars, especially you know the, the JDM scene. I'm a huge Skyline nut, and I wanted to get a car that would be fun, you know, relatively easy to do stuff to, stuff that's you know would be widely you know, parts would be widely available and, and all that because I wanted to learn more about this as well. I've never built a car, you know, by myself or, or done anything like that. So I wanted this to be a learning experience as well and uh, without, you know, rambling on much longer. So I I found this nineteen eighty nine two forty S X that was for sale, you know, two miles away from my house and And uh, I I had considered a bunch of other stuff, but this car was in the price range. I didn't want to spend a whole lot of money to get into a project car. So it worked out. It's basically a one-owner car. It's completely stock. It needs some love. um, So it wasn't, like, too nice if you didn't want to mess with it. But it was, like, in that happy medium, I guess. But basically what I wanted to – it's funny. I started out thinking that, oh, I'll just do like a little stock resto, or I'll do like a little bolt-on slash resto, and then all of a sudden I was like, ah, just do the whole powertrain and, and just all that kind of stuff all at the same time. <laughs> so it just it went from like zero to one hundred within like two weeks. Mm-hmm. um Like my some of the early videos of the project is kind of like flip-flopping between different ideas, and then all of a sudden like you know i kind of lead into it a little bit and then i do an engine unveil video be like oh we're putting a skyline engine in it <laughs>
1: <laughs> as so, any good gearhead does it's like yeah yeah just gonna tweet this you know am going to do that i might as well do that you, you know what yeah. the hell with it just skyline it
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it's it's you know it's a 1989 it doesn't have airbags it doesn't have abs no traction no stability no nothing so i for for me it was a really good platform to get into something that i kind of understood from owning classics before um nothing like super insanely complicated i guess but again it's there's still so much that i I want to learn and and will be learning in the coming months with um with doing all that but it's been a really rewarding experience so far and it's kind of funny you know just to kind of give you a little perspective on you know why i chose the 240 like I I really didn't know honestly how prevalent two forties were on YouTube and and the internet and stuff. Like I because I didn't I never really followed that scene necessarily. So I was like I was like, oh, I'm gonna do something different and cool with this car and then I start researching it a little bit more and I was like, Oh no <laughs> I was like there is absolutely nothing that you can do that hasn't already been done. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I, I love preserving classic cars. I like fixing them up and, and bringing them back to their former glory. But I've always told myself, you know, if I ever buy another classic car, you know, for my own use, that I would like to put a, a newer engine in it and have it, you know, rebuilt and all that and, 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 and reliable. So that's kind of where I got the direction for the 240 as the, the the resto mod direction. So it's basically going to be completely restored. You know, The interior is going to be all original 240, just refreshed wherever it needs to be. The outside is going to have an, an OEM Nissan Type-X kit from a 180SX to, to modernize it just a little bit without giving it a super aftermarket look. And then, obviously, the Skyline powertrain is going to be completely rebuilt, the forged internals, new turbo, everything else that you would need to make that a complete you know, reliable package. It's not going to be a drift car. It's not going to be a race car. It's going to be paying homage to like Nissan performance cars of the early '90s, and it's something that I'm I'm really passionate about, and I can't wait to see it done.
1: You say it's not going to be a drift car, but it's a 240. It will end up drifting at some point. That just I
0: cannot, I cannot put that car on a drift track. I because it will. Drift cars get hit. And and thrown into walls and all that stuff, and I will be absolutely sick if something ever happens to this car. (laughs) I might take it on a road course, but no drift course.
1: (laughs) Mm. I'm I'm telling you, 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 that bug's gonna get you. It's eventually gonna get you. You're gonna be like, just gotta drift
0: it. It's funny. I'm talking to um, you. you Probably know Chris Fix. He's a a good friend of mine. He's doing a, a Mustang drift build and we've we've talked a few times about getting our our project cars together once they they get to completion and something cool with them who knows maybe it'll happen Mm. right now i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: i i got some good ideas for you but you know well after after you get it fixed you know yeah yeah then hit me up Uh, 24 hours of lemons rally is always fun that's what i'm saying oh man yeah um. <laughs> so you, you, uh, I, I'm very excited about the project Now I'm just saying you could have gone out And I've been seeing a lot of Dodge Challenger Hellcats That have like 27 miles on them Before they were put in a wall But that might be too much power for that little car so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, put a, just put a crate cr- Big crate V8 in there Or
1: something <laughs> Yeah, It would be fun It would be End up, that would definitely make it end up in a wall So uh, yeah. <laughs> So um, I don't know, it, it, it's such a Fun little card I'm glad to see the kind of Like I, I enjoy the uh, Review stuff a lot But I, I also enjoy watching the kind of Because the build's a little different It's not like Chris Fix It's not you getting down into the minutia of it It's kind of your working with some guys and you're putting together the vehicle and you you have it's not you wrenching per se most of the time it's mostly going to the shop here's what we're going to do and here's how it's going to happen and this is for the people who are let's say of a working type who don't have the time to really wrench on their own vehicle it kind of fits into that thing where this is probably how most people will end up approaching a project similar to this.
0: Yeah, and I honestly was a little a little skittish about that to begin with because I didn't want people to get the wrong opinion that, you know, oh, he's not working on his car the whole time. But, you know, at the same time, like you said, you know, we, we stay so busy. It's unbelievable. But I want to be able to deliver this, this, this fun content. And at the same time it's it's something that I do wanna learn, but I don't want to learn on the fly and try to make videos at the same time. It's just it's just not gonna work. So by getting involved and, and trying to absorb as much of this information as possible, I can understand why things are the way they are and why you do certain things in certain orders and all of that and you know, do it right the first time and you know. It's like I was watching a lot. You've probably seen uh, David, uh, that dude in blue. Um, he's got a really a big 240 uh, build series that he's been doing for quite a while now. I watched a bunch of his videos because I felt like you know he and I were very similar in how we were you know, jumping into these project cars and um, just you know kind of kind of figuring it out at the meantime. And he had a lot of really um, uh, you know knowledgeable friends that helped him out with his build, and it was really cool to see. But
1: yeah,
0: that, that's exactly what you were
1: saying. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm glad it, it's, it's worked out really well so far. Mm-hmm. It, it's to, to that point where someone it would say something disparaging, which never happens on YouTube, ever, as far oh, as of I... Of course not. <laughs> no, never. Never anything bad idea. But um, it's... If everyone did the same thing, like uh, if you just did what the dude in blue is doing, or BS4 build, or Chris fix, or whoever is doing whatever, it's right. then it's just that stuff, and it doesn't end up working out. And like yeah. um, to that end, like there was a lot of people when I did go to the auto show when I was being introduced to you, kind of second handedly, like. Oh, this is, you know, oh, that guy over there who's, I think you were shooting um, a Honda, maybe? I don't remember. Someone pointed at either you. I'll get into my stories here because I know you wrote at the Demon Reveal. Yes. But, um. So, someone had pointed you out. And a lot of people, they'd say something to the effect of, you know, he's very de- detail and blah, blah, blah. And I would get a lot of journalists who say, he's not my cup of tea. But I really understand why his videos are popular, and it's kind of like, you know, if you're a, I I don't know, if you are a automobile, um, I don't, I don't know, like pedantic person, um, it you could either love or hate it because you are so detail oriented. If someone's like, well, he forgot to press like the uh, traction control button, and then now I don't like his videos. And if you're going to be that kind of asshole, that happens.
0: That actually happens. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'll I will have people say, Kyle, why didn't you turn the hazards on?
1: <laughs> oh, oh God. It, and I I I kind of get it and I totally lost where I was going with this point here, but it's it's so interesting to me that like some people out there and maybe this is a little bit of me venty too, like don't understand that like if you put out the same thing as their favorite person, you know. Therefore, you're not as good where it's like if it's different strokes for different folks and all that. So um, I, I don't that's
0: know. I, I've always stuck with this format because for me, it works. It mm-hmm. prob- it might not work for somebody else. And that that's OK, because like, like I said at the beginning, everybody's got their own strengths and weaknesses. I've tried to do videos where. You know, I'm driving around and the camera's in the windshield and I'm talking about it and stuff. And that's just – that doesn't work for me because I either ramble or I forget what I'm going to say or I just get mad and quit. (laughs) (laughs) It's easier for me and more rewarding for me to focus on capturing the vehicle as best I can and really concentrating on driving and stuff. Like when you're going to a media event and stuff, just get the footage, come back. And then collect my thoughts and write it out in this big old script that i then i then voice over Mm -hmm. um i mean i've always considered my channel to be very niche and when i started there was nobody making videos like this so i i considered it really unique and i still feel like it's pretty unique you know the car space on youtube has grown tremendously and there's a lot of new styles out there some don't like my style and that's okay but Mm -hmm i mean the channel passed a million subscribers back in december i get really good interaction you know to me it's really good interaction of of, you know what the channel's always performed at. and i mean you you can't you can't chase you know people who might say something negative about this or that like you can't just completely change the way you do things based off of a few comments you got to look at you know, long term, like the people who are enjoying it and, and coming back, and how long they're watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, all the interactions that I have on social media—that it's—it's not always about the cars, too. It's about the personality and and like the the, the people that you meet, the relationships you build. Even though, you, even if you never met the people in person, you know, I've met so many car enthusiasts who like my videos the way they are because. You know, most people wouldn't go that in depth because, you know, to some it might be boring, but to those people who love that stuff, it's like the holy grail of video.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's like it's like you either love it or you hate it. It's it's, <laughs> it's kinda of funny like that.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think it's I enjoy it. I like the videos. It they are so in depth or so detail oriented. It's it, it's definitely something where you really have to um, want to learn about vehicles to get into it. And I I think for the people listening here, if they're like, "Why? Well, let me go check this out. Um, I would recommend if there's a vehicle you like to go search, because you've reviewed. H- how many videos do you have on reviews? Uh, uh, do you even uh, know?
0: Reviews? I'm not sure what the exact number is. I know I have, like, well over 2,000 videos or something. <laughs> but, I mean, I think it was probably three to four years ago that the style that I have now kind of started to come into fruition. Even since, like, two years ago, it's changed a whole lot. Like, the way I shoot and the writing and stuff, but um, this the style has always been there. It's just kind of evolved. But, like, Like that that Hummer H1 Alpha that I put up a few days ago, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, that's doing pretty well. You know, people are really enjoying it. But for something like that, you know, whether you like the brand or not, there's something really special about that vehicle because it was the only year they made the Alpha. So I went absolutely way above and beyond any vehicle that I've done within the last two months to go I mean, extremely specific and talking about like axle ratios and all of that, because I, I, I wanted to capture everything that made that vehicle unique and special for its time and to really teach people about it, not not to talk about, you know, whether a vehicle is good or bad or whether you should buy it or not, but to to give you that education. So no matter if it's a new vehicle or an old vehicle, you know, you just learned about it. That's it.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it, that It's actually standing on my head a bit Because um, Well first of all you got run over In that episode and that's hilarious <laughs> so, <laughs> but. That was
0: fun That wasn't the most gnarly one though. The most gnarly one was uh, When I was doing I did Gumball 3000 back in 2014 And I got Driven over by a Brabus G700 6x6 Hmm. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the Hummer wasn't as dramatic. The the, the, the the six by six was ridiculous. I that was amazing.
1: <laughs> I'm i gonna have to go back and check that one out. So Yeah. <laughs> so so you've you've you have a collection of vehicles that have run you over. That's interesting. Um yep. <laughs>
0: You know, a lot of things are clickbait now, so it's like, what can we, what can I throw in the beginning of the video that's just like, whoa, you did that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was it works. It the thumbnail, but I was like, you know what? I like my thumbnails the way they are. I can't do that. <laughs> no. Don't
1: want to mislead the people. You know, um...
0: no, 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 I hate. I cannot. I do not believe in that at all. Every time, whenever somebody goes to my videos. I want them to know that this is a genuine presentation time and time again, that you are going to get the same type of stuff every single time. No surprise. I mean, no, no weird
1: stuff. <laughs> well, like what is a video maybe that you can point to? If someone is wants to go check out, maybe one of your favorites of recent or like just go pick one at random for people to kind of go check out and see what you're all about.
0: The 2017 Camaro ZL1.
1: Okay, that uh,
0: was awesome.
1: Well, I have not seen that one. I will go check that one out as well. That so.
0: I went to. I went to the media event for that, um, and we got to do three. We got to drive it on a drag strip, um, a Willow Springs Raceway, and these beautiful roads out of Angela's Crest. And uh, it was a it was a really fun presentation to put together.
1: Mm. That sounds really <laughs> better than the Bugatti, or. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Bugatti, the it Bugatti was like, you know, they had this demo car that was moving around the different dealerships and stuff, and, you know, nobody could drive it, no press could drive it especially, so I found out through, like, a friend of a friend or whatever that it was going to be at, you know, this Bugatti dealership in California, so we ended up, long story short, reaching out to Bugatti corporate and saying, hey, I will, I will fly myself out there i will pay to fly myself and my and, and whatever out there just give me please give me the opportunity to film it <laughs>
1: so
0: we met them at the dealership they loaded the car on the trailer or on this transfer truck and drove it 45 minutes out to i think it was encino valley or uh, some somewhere out that way and there was this you know, house with a private road and they parked it up there did my thing all day long it was a walk around video obviously since nobody could drive it but being able to really get up close that was awesome i, I want to drive it one day hopefully i can drive it but for me that opportunity was the pinnacle of everything that i had done car wise up to that point i didn't even care if i didn't get to drive it just mm. having that relationship and that contact that we actually were able to make that happen was mind-blowing i was so thankful for that but since then you know our press, our our media relationships with manufacturers have gotten a lot stronger. I've been getting press vehicles, you know, every week for a little over two years now. A lot of you know variety of different stuff, and it's really cool when you get to go on some of these press events too, because I can you can experience vehicles the way they were made a lot more than you would be able to, you know, just getting a vehicle in your driveway for a week. So that ZL1 was one vehicle that was really cool, but. One that I'm working on right now that should be up within the next week or two is the the new uh, Chevy Colorado ZR2. Hmm. I actually took that like like on a desert racing course and we're jumping it like a few feet up in the air and you know testing the compression rebound like it was gnarly. <laughs> so that's going to be a really cool video too. Um, so that's, that's coming soon.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm actually really fascinated by that truck. I really wanted to know. More about it and now I have the perfect Person to tell me about it because yep, I can get sure. to experience it yeah. <laughs> So we're, we're getting a little close On time here so I might keep you a little over Our hour limit here but sure. I want to I wanna Start uh, these questions So um, because this is The podcast of record um, You know in the automotive space We like to ask Questions similar to inside the Actor studio um, These are Off the cuff answers um, And This has been pointed out before. We're all car people. So the answer may change day by day for some of these. But this is the answer today as we sit here. So uh, the first one is one that everyone hates, but I have to ask it anyway. What is your favorite car?
0: Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Favorite car. Okay. I'll probably have to say uh, Gen 5 Viper. Um, Mm. I I bought a 2013 Viper last year august i believe it was
1: um
0: I, I i mean there's there's obviously dream cars and everything like that but for right now and this time this that's that's my favorite car i love how it blends old school and new, new school it drives amazing it's 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 raw it's it's an experience more than anything else that, that no other vehicle for sale nowadays can deliver it's it's a really special car to me
1: mm-hmm. Very hard for me to get in and out of. Just... Oh,
0: I, I'm pretty sure. I haven't compared the raw specs, but I think it's tinier inside than a Miata. <laughs> yeah.
1: and that that big side still. I got big feet and trying to get. And there's literally just enough room between the seat and the door sill for my foot to slide into. Watch the
0: legs when it's hot in the summertime. <laughs> uh, good, no. I, would,
1: I would be b- a burn victim within a week of that thing in the summertime. <laughs> um, what is your least favorite car?
0: gosh least favorite car um oh shoot least favorite car least
1: favorite car this could also be a specific example if you want to go that far um
0: hmm. well i don't know if this is my least favorite or not okay i have had no that's a bad example i really don't know uh, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> let me think about that. We, we can maybe go back to it if you remember.
1: All right. That, that works for me. So um, what modification trend do you find yourself, like, drawn to? This could be, you know, like, bro-dozer, stance, you know, just something where you see it and you're like, I like that, not necessarily that you'd want it done to your vehicle, per se.
0: Definitely the resto mod approach that I'm that I'm taking with the 240. I like – the idea of preserving a car's original character but giving it some modern technology um, and, and, and added performance and refinement and stuff that comes with that, especially when you look at like classic Mustangs, maybe from sixties that might have like a new Coyote engine or something in it. I think stuff like that is, is really neat.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of the character of the car is just updated, not the yes, yeah. So, what is your least favorite modification trend then stance <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good one. that's a pretty common one because it, it doesn't it, it ruins what a car is supposed to be that, that
0: yeah and the whole the whole putting the wheels out to the edge of the car and stretching those tires i just i can't i can't, feel, <laughs> I, can't I can't even <laughs>
1: It, it, it's a pretty common one amongst the journalists. I got to say. Um, what car do you dread being stuck behind at a red light?
0: I say that one more time.
1: Sorry. What what car? Let's say you're pulling up to a red light. You're in a bit of a hurry. What is the vehicle you dread being stuck behind? Mm,
0: dread being stuck behind. Mm-hmm. I would probably say. You know, I'll go with the easy one. I'll probably say Prius. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. Just, be- just because <laughs> there's there's a, there's a lot, or, either that or minivans in my area.
1: Yeah, the the, mini, <laughs> the minivan with the family on the back is a pretty standard answer here because of yeah. it's like the, they're arguing with the kids in the back, and they're not going to take off when that light goes. Um, or I
0: even just say every vehicle in the town that I live in because my, <laughs> as my business manager says, where we live is probably one of the most dangerous places on the planet from the way people cut out in front of you and just drive absolutely insane.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you've only t bowed one person. It's all bad. I could really be? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah there, there is North Carolina in the – like Maryland drivers, where is where I'm at? Uh, they drive ass slow in the left, left lane. Um, North Carolina, I do think, doesn't understand that it's look left, look right, look left again. I think it's yeah, fuck it, and they just pull out. I think that's yeah. exactly how they operate. <laughs> All right, so what automotive sound or noise do you love?
0: What automotive cylinder noise? I'm sorry, what
1: sound? I'm sorry, I'm probably. I need to enunciate the (laughs) podcast. What automotive sound do you love? Like it could be an engine noise. It could be, you know, uh, anything in in particular.
0: I would say just the rumble of a big V8. Mm. Just a big classic carbureted V8. Mm.
1: The carbureted V8s do sound absolutely pretty. What automotive sound or noise do you hate?
0: Um, probably some of the, I'm trying to think of the actual vehicle is this, this probably applies more to older vehicles. Some of the seatbelt chimes that they used to use, like the eighties and seventies were some of the most awful things in, in the world. Like, Oh, actually, yeah, the crystal, uh, my wife's, um, Chevelle, uh, that she just got that we're going to re- start restoring, restoring eventually has that thing that you put the key in and all of a sudden it goes bang it's like a it's like a <laughs> fire alarm it's it's horrible
1: <laughs> yeah it's like uh, they didn't know how to alert people back in the day no that, no.
0: no they've get, definitely gotten a little more creative and, and polished with that over the years but
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah we're just going to put a fire alarm from a school in the car that, that that'll that'll sort them out yeah,
0: yeah that'll work
1: yeah so in an alternate universe you are given the skills and the abilities to try anything in the automotive space so you could be the head of Ford you could be a race car driver what is the one thing in the automotive world you would like to try
0: I would like to be an engineer Mm. I would like to know you know what why where how cars are designed from concept to production and and figuring out how all of that works, and you know, you know, the compromises that have to be done, and trying to like work within, you know, budgets and everything like that. Because like everything that I've learned and, and, and understood and talked to designers and engineers and stuff, I find it absolutely fascinating how you know cars are even built nowadays because it's so much more complicated than it was back in the days. I mean, you're talking, I mean, the, the electric. The electric side alone, uh, not talking about like electric cars, but like the wiring and the technology is just mind boggling. I would love to understand how all of that is done.
1: Mm. What profession in the automotive space would you least want to be forced to do?
0: Probably the person who has to set that budget and tell people, okay you can't put this supercharger on this vehicle <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because yeah, because nobody will buy it or, or mm-hmm. something like that. The person that has to lay the ax down. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: No, no. We're not going to do a turbocharged Mirage. It just doesn't make sense. I'm sorry, everyone. We're sorry, gonna... guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a new shade of pink for it, though. We got a new shade of pink, but no yep. turbocharger. Um, <laughs> what is your automotive pet peeve?
0: Um... well i don't know i guess i guess this would make sense so with my videos i always approach it very neutral i guess you can say like i'll i'll talk about vehicles i'll give commentary and all of that but i'm never like you know this sucks oh you shouldn't like this or anything like that um because you know everybody has a different opinion. Yours is going to differ from mine, and I don't feel like it's up to me to impose my opinion on you just to give you the the, the knowledge and, and everything that you need so you can make a decision for yourself. Um, and it seems like, at least in the YouTube space, it's a characteristic car review has to have just blatant negativity in it. <laughs> and I just I don't like that. Uh, as, as a car enthusiast, I don't want to just try to find... The negative just for the sake of finding the negative Because it's so prevalent And I, I guess This may be just halfway answering the, the question but at least In my space that's that's the thing that Kind of annoys me as the, the most
1: No I, I get that Because there's um, Fellow podcaster out there uh, Team Clearco and they're They had this thing of uh, being Donk friendly like you, you shouldn't try and tear down anyone else's enthusiasm because it, it doesn't make sense. We're all here enjoying the same basic thing. Exactly. Why, I mean, why are you trying to tear down the other people?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, a little friendly rivalry, perfectly yeah. fine. A little ball busting, fine. But when you're like, oh, I will never buy this car because it's stupid. Like, no, you're, you don't know what you're talking about. No, no Every car has a value at some point, just like every human has a value at some point. That's
0: like, it doesn't matter if it's, uh, you know, a Ferrari or a smart car, like, you know, everybody's going to have a different opinion about something. Somebody's going to love that smart car and they might hate that Ferrari, but it's not up to you to judge or, or impose that on, on other people because you, you don't want to offend people. Um, and you know, like I said, every vehicle has something unique about it that someone's going to love. And, um, and you don't want to try to snuff that out. I mean, if they enjoy it, that's awesome. Good mm-hmm. for you. It's uh,
1: funny you bring up the smart car. Have you driven the new smart car?
0: I haven't. I, I want to though. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it, in the manual transmission, guys, I have not had the manual transmission one, but in a heartbeat, I would buy one in the cabriolet. I absolutely adore that car, and I cool. have no idea why. I, I'm like, <laughs> I, I. It's like a little mini Porsche 911. I know that it irritates a lot of people because it's rear engine. And it's you know it sits yeah, up behind yeah. you and it's just so it, it's a car you just want to give a name and it's it's like I just want one with the well, top up though it's the most hateful car on the planet top down absolutely adorable <laughs>
0: so, I'm gonna have to see if I can swing by a local dealership and borrow one and do a, do a video that, mm-hmm. that sounds cool
1: mm-hmm. they they won't loan them out to us for some reason that they brought one to a press event here and that's how I got to drive it the huh. so um. Back to the question of least favorite car, have you've had some time to think?
0: Yes, so I would probably say a combination of, of two, if if I can do that. Mm-hmm. So when Chris, my business manager, and I were on uh, Gumball Three Thousand, we um, we kind of had a, a running joke going about the Ford Ka and the Peugeot One Hundred Seven, and. <laughs> because they are absolutely everywhere and most of them you saw were absolute like looked like they were absolute rolling piles of junk and it's stuff that and you know they might have been really cool cars i have no idea i've never driven one but it's just like cars that were just so small and so tiny you would never see them on the american roads and i'm just like really
1: (laughs) (laughs) really I, I get it. Like the Econo boxes, just over there. Yeah, you know, just yeah. the unloved ones. Like.
0: It's it's fun. It's so funny when you like when you compare car culture because um, you know obviously hatchbacks are more popular in Europe. Diesels more popular in Europe. So it's a very different car culture from here, where you got Hellcat Chargers and stuff running the streets all over the place. It's just it's just different. Um, it's. I think. So, and and going along with that, like, I may be, you know, laughed about this, but like, you know, the Fiat Multipla, yeah, while just very very weird looking, I find it strangely cool. Mm-hmm. I want to drive it someday. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But uh, you you can embrace your weirdness on this on this podcast. We we enjoy the weird here.
0: Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the weird. I like the different difference or different stuff people. People who have been following my channel for a while know that I just love the most off-the-wall stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So w- there's two questions left for the evening. One of them is one that I think is a little evil, so we'll, we'll get that one first. So, okay. So you have to drive one of these two vehicles. Um, you're not allowed to modify it beyond how it's modified already. So you can okay. either get a Gen 5 Viper that has been stanced out or <laughs> a Ford Ka that has been resto-modded.
0: Hmm.
1: I would Ka. You would take the Ka. You'd take the Ka. Yes. I, I I thought you might go with the Viper. What the the Ka with the resto-mod would be Now,
0: what is the resto-mod does it have like some cool engine like Honda VTEC or something like that or
1: Mm-mm. Well, we'll go because it's European. We'll go with some crazy diesel in that, like some like high torque diesel, probably from like, uh, yeah. like a little Cummins. Like,
0: I would probably I would I would go with the car up, down, left, and right because I think a stanced Viper would kill you immediately.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have this car for the rest of your life, which would not be that long. So
0: no, yeah. <laughs> at least. Oh, you would get good gas mileage and a lot of torque.
1: <laughs> yeah that is a good point. so um, the last question is I think the most important question ever asked on any automotive anything just Uh-oh. so so what is the hardest food to eat while driving?
0: Oh gosh, is this the hardest food that I've ever eaten or what I believe is the hardest?
1: I will accept either answer.
0: okay. The hardest thing I've ever eaten is probably not that hard because I I try not to eat, but we're on the road so much, I'd probably say something like a flaky croissant pastry or something because something that just gets all everywhere and it's impossible to contain. Mm. Um, Other than that, maybe like a taco or a steak. Mm.
1: (laughs) Taco and steak have both been good answers on the show. The, The flaky croissant. Is actually up there because the mess aspect. No one's ever brought that up actually. I I
0: I cannot I can't deal with the mess. mm -hmm. But sometimes you got to deal with the mess. It just got to you got to do what you got to do sometimes. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I I don't know if you could because this one might go up on the leaderboard too because, um, we had the uh, Kit Kat was pretty high up there because of the mess aspect of breaking a Kit Kat and like it melts down as chocolate, but a croissant. And hmm, that's up there. That, that might be a good one for the Especially uh,
0: croissant that's been toasted a little too much.
1: <laughs> mm, oh, yeah. I didn't. You know what? You get ants. The croissant's yep. going to get ants no matter what you do. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. So uh, that, that's pretty high up there in Libra. And I actually th- This typically devolves into stupid shit Ike's done in cars. Like, yeah. And I actually can't remember the last time I had a croissant in a car and that's making me think it must be that hard, which is why I haven't done it. So <laughs> that's that's going up on the leaderboard I don't have, but that, that is pretty high up there. Um, awesome. Excellent. I think that displaces the Kit Kat. Um, so, Kyle, thank you so much for joining me this evening. It's been an absolute delight having you. Um, Likewise. For the people who are like, I need to go check out this gentleman's videos and social media, tell them where they can find you.
0: So I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's all sobkyle04 LLC, and the YouTube channel name is just sobkyle04, and that's about it. Oh, I'm on DriveTried too.
1: Just yeah. does anyone for, still use that? No. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Chris manages it for me half the time. <laughs> You can only do so much being one person.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you, you hit a million subscribers, and that's pretty much, you need at least another person in there somewhere. So, Instagram
0: is my favorite. I, I love sharing what we're doing, you know, personally, upcoming reviews that are that are going to be happening, updates on the project cars before they get on YouTube, uh, so that's, that, that's a lot of fun. I love the picture aspect.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's... Follow the man. Go watch the videos. Learn and enjoy. So, and then get to catch up with the uh, 240 project because I'm I'm interested to see how that turns out. So, yes,
0: sir. That'd be a lot of fun. All
1: right. Well, everyone listening, I'll be right back with you. I'm gonna say goodbye to you off air, Kyle. So,
0: I appreciate yeah. it. It's great talking with you.
1: Excellent. That was Sob Kyle. Um, <laughs> absolute mensch. I, I know I use that word a lot, but. Great guy, uh, go check out his stuff If you Help push him to 2 million subscribers uh, If you liked what you heard today uh, Please tell a friend Tell a loved one, coworker. It's the best way for this show to grow um, I'm not sure If this is going to be episode 200 um, But if it is episode 200 Hey, we hit episode 200 If it's not, hey, we're over episode 200 So uh, Thanks everyone so much for listening I really enjoy it uh, doing this. I like being able to spend my time with these guests and getting to share it with all of you. So, you know, spread the word, spread the love. Thank you so much. Uh, follow our West Coast correspondent at RyanAder122 on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Untitled Car Show, and you can search that on all the social media platforms that brings you to it. You can visit TheUntitledCarshow.com, and you can... Um, yeah, Find us on Podmatic, iTunes, Stitcher SoundCloud, wherever Have a good night, have a good evening Wherever you are, whatever time it is There, thank you so much for listening Please be safe out there